welcome back, podcast fans. I'm your host, Annette Hines, and this is Parenting Impossible, the special needs survival podcast. I'm a little miserable right now. I've got one of those end of summer colds. You know, what happens is the kids go back to school. And even though my kids aren't in school, I know many people whose kids have gone back to school. And then they start getting sick. Everybody's got a runny nose. There's green stuff coming out everywhere. It is not fun. So this is my second cold. In August, I had one too. And, you know, I'm kind of miserable. I'm just going to say it. (laughs) I'm being a big old baby, but I hate being this stuffy. I'm sure I sound really awful. I'm not going to make this a long intro this week because of that. And just want to say that in September, starting with Labor Day, right after Labor Day, I start going into my own personal little funk. And that's because it's the spiral down. And I remember all all these little data points from when my daughter Elizabeth got sick with her final illness that eventually took her life. Um, So that was on November 18th. And I am, you know, I'm just starting to take a look at these next eight weeks, and it's not going to be pretty. Um, It's been nine years since Elizabeth passed away in 2013. It just feels so fresh, like it was yesterday. My podcast guest this week has a lot in common with me. His name is Mark Palmieri. And he is, gosh, I mean, he's, you know, famous in his own right. um, Before, even before we start talking about disability issues. But he um, has... Um, he's a playwright and his um, he had the New York times critics pick for his play Levittown. He has numerous produced plays. Um, he's a screenwriter of Miramax films telling you from 1999. And he's also a baseball player and coach who was drafted by the Toronto blue Jays in 1989. Um, he pitched at wake forest university And now he's an assistant professor at Mercy College's School of Liberal Arts in New York. For 10 years, he sat on the faculty of the City College of New York's MFA program in creative writing. But why he's on the show today is because he authored a book called She Danced with Lightning, My Daughter's Struggle with Epilepsy and Her Boundless Will to Live. This is a really, really great read. And my daughter, Elizabeth, uh, towards the end, had intractable seizures, just couldn't stop them. And so it's, it was just a fascinating conversation with Mark about parenting his special needs child, but also really about his daughter and what she you know, the, the grit with which she faced all of her challenges. And it's true when he says her boundless will to live because she did 
just will herself to get through all of this. Epilepsy is not very understood and really scary. So I did so many things with my daughter, Elizabeth, for my daughter, Elizabeth. And I will say that the scariest thing for me was always the seizures. I couldn't help her. There was nothing I could do. And it made me feel so helpless because I couldn't fix it. I couldn't stop it. I couldn't make it better. I couldn't make her more comfortable. We just had to ride it out. I just hated those seizures so much. Anyway, um, the, the other thing I wanted to say was the cover art of this book is stunning. And I know that I am not at my peak today. And so, like I said, I'm not going to go into a long intro. I am not doing Mark and his book justice right now, for sure. But I will write up something a little bit later and put it in the circle of care so that you all can get the benefit like I did of getting to know Mark. And I really encourage you to read this story. I don't like the word inspiring because, as you know, a lot of people use that term in a condescending way towards people with disabilities. Oh, you're such an inspiration because you breathe. No, this book is beyond inspiring. It is just revitalizing. It is, it's encouraging. It's beautiful in so many ways. And it's very different when you talk to dads as opposed to moms. <laughs> We have a different experience in parenting our children, for sure. So I do hope you enjoy this book. And please let me know if you are enjoying these topics. Let me know if you have another topic that you would like to make sure that I cover. If you would like to be on the podcast and tell your story, please reach out to us at specialneedscompanies.com. I would love to hear from you. Any comments, any issues, any questions, please reach out. My audience is so important to the mission of this podcast because we want to make sure that it is meeting your needs for information and support and inspiration. No, just kidding. Um, okay. So Mark Palmieri, she dances with lightning. Here we go. Here today with Mark Palmieri, who has written a phenomenal book. It's a memoir about his experiences with his daughter, Anna, and the entire family, actually. Um, and I'm so excited to talk to Mark because we have a lot in common. So welcome, Mark. I'm so glad you could make it to the show. I'm honored to be invited onto the show. Thank you so much, Annette. So as we talk today, your book's about to come out tomorrow. Very exciting. Uh, not exactly sure of the timing of when this is going to air for the podcast, but um, super exciting time for you. I know you're doing a lot of promoting and interviews and, and whatever um, at this time. Having been through this myself, the, the whole book thing was kind of a 
really new to me, but this is not new to you because you've done a lot of writing before this, right? Yes, I'm a playwright, um, and I'm. It's been interesting learning how the different industries work uh, and how they're similar. You know, um, certainly what what skills I've learned uh, from from the process of moving a play from just your your notebook to a, a production company to a rehearsal to a run somewhere and then to publication um it's uh it, it's 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 an art that is, you know is writing based but it's it's a collaborative art form you know it's it's an event it's it's a blueprint for an event you're writing you know with a book uh, just artistically you're 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 writing for a reader just one you know one reader um and uh and and so the art the art of it is different in a really interesting way i've written some short form prose but this is my first book of yeah. you know, a prose book uh and and in all those business ways it's different you know um how how things launch how things get out there and there's no one event that is happening like so it's like tomorrow the book comes out and it's like in theaters that would be opening night right like and then and then reviews come out and then whatever and then there's a few weeks of action and then you just hope people go uh here it's not like that it's sort of like um a few people say oh your book's out you know it landed it finally arrived i pre-ordered it because i'm your friend um and and, <laughs> and uh but then then it just continues you know and you just you're uh you're more and more people read it hopefully and and more and more fun conversations can happen like this for the most part, you know, for many of us, it's a long, slow burn with the book as opposed to that big, you know, boom of having your play, you know, get launched. So it is very different. Um, and it's interesting, the experiences that you have and the people that you can touch. You mentioned that you're writing it, you know, for one person, right? You picture that one person, the reader in your head. Who is that for you? Oh, that's a great question. Wow. Um, you know, uh, I, it, 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 it's, it's sort of in that way that is an audience member, you know, and I guess, um, I, uh, I think about myself in an audience watching a play. Mm -hmm. I, it, it, it's sort of, you're, you have to kind of be both. And, and it's funny, there, there's actually a, a moment in the book where I was so exhausted and so uh, out of body, you know, as Anna's condition was spiraling that I, I think I do say I'm audience and, and actor at the same time. I'm, you know, I'm playwright uh, and director at the same time as I'm trying to just walk through my life. And yet I, I'm, I'm sort of hyper aware of everything I'm doing. And so I, I think that's part of being a dramatic writer that you're, you're not only um, writing for it to be read by the actors, you know, this team, you're also writing it to be heard by the audience and watched. Mm -hmm. So I think that benefits me in that I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a reader, uh, you know, reading the book like an audience member would watch the play. Now, who is that? Well, that's probably me as audience member, you know, um, it, 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 it sounds a bit schizophrenic there, you know, like uh, I'm, 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 I'm playing many people in one there, but it's, it's, uh, I, I think that's the best answer to that. Now, I will say that um, both my parents were wonder, are wonderful storytellers. And they're, they're also wonderful listeners and wonderful um, audience members. And I think I, I learned a lot about listening and about interpreting and, and about retelling experiences in stories from them. So if I had to, if I had to name who's 
who is it? Um, aside from, of course, wanting them to be proud of me, um, uh, I'm writing it for for them, and and because they they were such careful readers, and ca- they are, excuse me, and 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 such careful observers that helps you know their storytelling skills. That I uh, I love watching things with them. I, I love bringing them to plays. I I love talking to them about books that they've read um, because of the way they listen and 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 how closely they feel. Uh, and and laugh, you know, and and are able to detect what the author's up to. Uh, so perhaps that's the training there. I had, to, you know, I have two very sensitive audience members and listeners as parents. Mark, that is so cool. I love that answer. That's really great. <laughs> Good because I didn't. That's a great. I've never been asked that question. That's a great question. <laughs> well, we we love to ask those deep questions here. Yeah. Um, good. So, you know, at one point, too, in your answer, you were mentioning, oh, hey, I am the reader. I'm also, you know, living through it myself. Tell us a little bit about your family. Let's, you know, go down that path of how this all got started. So tell us about your family, your wife, Anna. Well, um, my, I have, we, we have, um, we have two daughters, uh, Anna, uh, just turned 16, and Nora, who just turned 14. And um, Kristen oh, and I. First of all, let me just say, mm-hmm. I'm very sorry. Because <laughs> you have two girls in the middle of their teenage years. And this I appreciate must that. Be fun. Okay. I Go appreciate ahead. that. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yes. I've stared into the abyss at most. Yes. And, and um, hopefully you'll come out alive in about 10 more years. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yes. At least a piece of me. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, I, um, it, is, it is a bit of a, a funny, and I'll keep it short, story. Uh, so, um, Kristen and I are both from um, Long Island, New York. We live in New York City now in, in Queens in a, in, a, in a town called Bayside. And um, we actually met when we were uh, about uh, 14, which we were in junior high school. They called it junior high school back then rather than middle school. And this is true. It sounds sounds too kind of hokey, but uh, to be believed, but I, she was my first crush. She was she was, uh, uh, I had a crush on her in, in ninth grade or eighth grade and um, choked. I just, I, she, she gave me the, the, a chance to talk to her and, but I had no, I had no, I had no, I had no uh, idea what to say or what to do. And so I just gave up, you know, and then I went to an all boys school and, and, and still don't really know what to say, but, but I, I, um, but I, I didn't, I, we met, we had some conversations uh, a, a very, very awkward phone call. And then I just, I gave up and focused on baseball and, and made baseball my life. <laughs> um, and, uh, Kristen went on to thrive, of course, and, and be very popular. And, and, uh, and, and then we, you know, we didn't, we didn't see or communicate, um, forever, but I, 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 after that, but, um, all through the years, I, I, you know, I had this kind of fun, game I would play with myself I guess uh saying um you know that was my one chance as if as if that was my you know one chance and I blew it uh and so I was doomed to a life of romantic suffering you know because like 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 Coleridge's albatross I had done this bad thing and now I had to wear this burden you know but 
but I would tell the story as the as the ancient mariner has to do, he, he, you know, in order to just get through it, he must tell that story. So I would always tell people, oh, well, there, there was this one, you know, and I just didn't know what to do. And isn't that with every breakup, I would, I would, you know, to the, to the great boredom of, of my friends and family talk about this, this girl I, I, I blew it with. And when I was 14 or something now, um, when I did get into theater, I was, I was at Wake Forest playing baseball. Um, baseball was my life. You know, I had been drafted by the Toronto Blue Jays as a pitcher and I, I went to Wake Forest on a scholarship and I just thought I was going to be a baseball player and wanted to be a baseball player. I saw a play, uh, mandatory, had to go theater, introduction to theater class. They make you go to a play. I went to a play, Tennessee Williams, Night of the Iguana, and I was blown away. Mm. Bowled over. I I looked at the the, the 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 I listened to the language, of course, the performances, yeah. just just the passion and teamwork going on on the stage. And I said to myself, "Well, now you have another dream. You have you you have baseball, but you're going to do this next. Whenever baseball ends, you know, hopefully after a major league career, you're going to be an actor." You, I loved it. Wow. Um, and, and baseball ended sooner than I thought. I didn't get drafted again. So I turned around, spent a fifth year at Wake Forest. This does have to do with meeting my wife, I promise. And I came back and um, minored in drama and, and, uh, and, and, and became a total theater kid at, at that point. It was a little bit of a unique thing. A, a, a jock went total jock, went total theater. Um, and, um, and, and I got, I got in New York, I decided to move to New York to just try to be an actor. And I got cast in a film and I learned what a screenplay was. So I said, well, mm -hmm. this was kind of before indie films were a thing. Like it was like Sundance's second or third year. I mean, this was not like a, a thing that happened a lot that you'd make your own movies. You needed millions of dollars, but I, I went ahead and I was cast in a little independent film. Um, it, it did okay. Uh, actually got out there into festivals and all that. And I was the lead. So I, 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 I worked a lot with this screenplay. So I said to myself, I'm going to write my own screenplay. Well, what story do you have to tell? You're not going to just write about baseball and, and being sad that you didn't make the majors, right? That's not. So I said, no, I'm going to write a love story. And you know what? I'm going to write about this girl that I it with and, um, and how, like that ancient mariner regrets it forever and thinks he's doomed to loneliness and blah, 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 blah. You know, 22 <laughs> years old, 23 years old. So I write this thing and by a, a ridiculous sequence of happy accidents, it lands in Hollywood. These stars are in it. Jennifer Love Hewitt and Peter Facinelli. It's Miramax Films buys it for distribution. And in, it pretty quickly lands in blockbuster video. <laughs> And when I'm like, we had Blockbuster. Right, when we had Blockbuster, right? And I'm like, and now we get back to my wife because I'm sitting there at, my, at whatever like temp, temp job I had, you know, trying to be an actor and a theater person in Manhattan. And I'm at, I'm at like a, a reception desk near closing time. And I, it occurs to me, I don't, I'm single. I, it occurs to me, I just, because the story's in there, her name, or not her full name, but like her first names. And it's the story of her and me, you know? Yeah. And I think I'm like, I should find her and tell her. I, you probably don't remember. I'm some clown from middle school that, but, but, but I used my experience with you as this movie basis and just wanted you to know. So like, I, I think that was the first Google search of my life. It was, this was like 2000 or something. I was not, wasn't even like a, an internet person. <laughs> And I found her parents' address, told, I made up this phony letter like I was some Hollywood, you know, important person. And I, I told her and 
Turned out she was also living in the city, single. We had coffee. And a year later, we got married. Oh, fantastic. So it is a stories like that. Story. That's a crazy, it was crazy. Now, it means nothing to us now, of course, but it was really cool. Uh, we never mentioned that. In fact, I almost forgot. I forgot until you asked. I said, oh my gosh, that movie story. Um, but uh, that was how we met and that's how we got together. So then we got married at 30, had our first child, Anna, when uh, about four years later, when, when we were both 34 years old. So, yeah. And that's us. The four of us live here in Queens and um, uh, the children are the, the, the girls are dancers, uh, athletes, you know, um, they love they love it here. And um, and Kristen's a teacher on Long Island and I'm a professor um, nearby here in Westchester. Cool. And so then what brings us into this world of writing this book? So first and foremost, I have to say that. Uh, so the book is called She Danced with Lightning. The, the cover is stunning, stunning. It's so beautiful and haunting all at the same time. And yeah. it, it, in one picture, it tells the story, right? So um, that doesn't happen a lot with covers. Um, how, did you, how did you decide on the cover? And then uh tell us about Anna. I have to credit the publisher. You know, I, uh, we talked about it. I, I sent some ideas, um, you know, and um, I, a lot, a lot of books these days are using skies as where they put the text of the title. Um, that is, that's kind of a, a thing nowadays, you know? Um, and I just sort of just tried to describe a sense of a vibe, you know, uh, and, and, and maybe certain, um, epilepsy you know image imagery like like lightning you know electricity um and uh and danger you know and music and um and they sent that draft that draft the first draft of that was pretty darn close to what it is there what it is now so the the designers at post hill did a really really cool job uh, we were my agent and i were were thrilled when we saw the first draft we like we were really happy mm. um so and so in, in that sense, books can are still a collaborative art, right? You do that's a whole different, you know, to think like that. And you know, it's like the poster makers in theater. It's right. it's uh, they think in different ways and in visual information. And, and I agree. Thank you for saying that. Um, so um, and so what, Anna was born, and then she. Um, at what age did you discover that she was having seizures? So so there were there there were really two. Um, uh, moments of, uh, of uh, an enormous crisis uh, in this process. The first was the, the initial onset of, um, of a cluster of seizures when she was five months old. Um, and she had been a you know, healthy, happy baby for those few months. Um, Kristen was taking a maternity leave. I had I just started my first ever college teaching course at that point, City College. And um, one day she started to make strange faces and, and, and turn in ways that seemed strained and, and uh, you know, it's still a five month old, so who knows. Um, but it, it, it turned out that she uh, was diagnosed with complex partial seizures, frontal lobe epilepsy. Um, she had about 40, 90 second seizures in that, in that first onset and was put on medication um, and we were in the hospital for about seven days in the ICU 
and um, and then came a life of uh, that many uh, everyone I should say with epilepsy or with loved ones with epilepsy would would be very familiar with um, that that negotiation between um, pursuit of uh, a better response from medication against whatever side effects seem to be. Oh, yes. You know, what, what is it? What, why did, why did three days go by without a seizure? And then the next day they were four. Why, you know, why are they only coming at night? Why, you know, what diet might there be? What uh, everything, you know, um, when can we get our hands on medical marijuana? Because CNN just did that report. And, you know, so a, a life of, um, of, 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 I don't want to call it denial, but um, we were able as, as, as some versions of epilepsy allow uh, a patient to do um, to put it out of our minds for a certain amount of hours a day because they were nocturnal seizures. And so by day, despite the, the side effects, the drowsiness, the exhaustion from the night before of seizures, Anna was able to function visibly like um like most people without epilepsy she was able to go to school she's able to you know have friends she was able to um you know and, and meaning that friends that didn't know there there was something uh looming there you know um mm -hmm. she was able to dance do sports this and that um but at night one of us had to either sleep with her or on the floor because they would hit at night and it could be, any, be anywhere from zero to six seven seizures so she had thousands over the years and we, we would move from med to med some, some because there was a terrible reaction and she'd have to be hospitalized. Mm -hmm. Usually just, it was a certain amount of years. The seizures were starting to, uh, you know, increase in, in frequency mm -hmm. and we had to try another one, but that was our abnormal normal. She was still proceeding with life. You know, she was still, you know, uh, doing sufficiently in school to be moving up. She was a great dancer, a great athlete. She was popular in terms of just a friendly kid. And, uh, and then right before her 12th birthday, she had a daytime seizure, which changed everything. Um, and, uh, and then of course it took a while to determine, was that a seizure? Was it a panic attack? Was it, you know, uh, an allergic reaction? Was it, you know, all of that mystery. And you're so, one becomes so used to that, you know, the adrenaline of mystery when yes. epilepsy, right? Um, yep. That information seeking that, you know, oh, solving, yes. I'm, I'm on the track of trying to solve this, this yeah. mystery, you know? Yes, and that and that ho holding out that 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 whatever this is is just a temporary um, anomaly, and we'll get back to the normal that isn't so normal, but it's right. that's normal we know, and so um, and of course usually it's not usually it's it's more it's it's something alarming and something even just to 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 you know compound the already nerve wracking day to day that you live. Um, but in this case, uh, it was the beginning of a, of a, of a spiral that um, the, the epilepsy just decided that um, I'm not going to hold off anymore during the day. I'm going to come and I'm going to keep coming and it's going to be like, like it was at five months old. And the, and the clusters are going to come in one med and then to two meds, three meds, hospital, four, five, six meds. And they just kept coming. And um at, at, you know, at, uh, and, and they were, and they were brutal and they had taken everything, you know, um, she just couldn't walk, couldn't talk, couldn't, and, and eventually essentially was, 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 uh, very close to a status epilepticus that, 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 that in a permanent seizure. And, um, 
uh, it was only between that daytime seizure in early April. Uh, we, um, it was two months later, she was on the table, you know, for a major brain surgery. Um, and, uh, and the book is occasioned by, um, you know, um, by that first daytime seizure and, and, um, and, and then goes back to, to, of course, how it all started even, mm-hmm. even further back. Cause you know, I don't, I don't write anything unless I, I, I get my ideas for writing about, about, from where, from me learning something really, you know, mm-hmm. what new thing have I learned? I, I, I believe that for a story, at least mine, a character has to learn something has to change in that way. Um, and, uh, I, uh, she taught me something very valuable in that, in that, in that few month process from, from normalcy to near death really. And, um, and so at the time I, I said, you know, when, when, the, when she had survived the brain surgery, which they expected her to, I, of course I didn't, but, um, yeah. they did, uh, I told myself that if this turns out, you know, that she's, I didn't even want the seizures to be changed. I just wanted her to, to be alive. Um, right. however it turns out, I, I want to, I want to write about this because she taught me something very important about, um, the difference, first of all, the difference between someone with the privilege of perfect health, um, and the ability to chase, uh, dream after dream after dream, because he can be sure as anyone could be that he would be there for those new chances and can take them. But someone like Anna, could not be sure of that. Um, and, and dance was her dream. Dance was her life. Yeah. You know? And as things spiraled in those months, um, the only thing she wanted to do was, was be part of her, her recital, her group, her, her dance studio's mm-hmm. recital. Uh, and this is someone who could barely walk, could barely walk five feet without dropping in theatrical, spectacular seizures that would are just, were just awful. And I, um, and for some reason, she just said, dad, I'm in the show. And I said, I finally had to say, you're not in the show. I'm sorry. Um, and I, from, for, for how many reasons I, I don't really understand what you think you're going to do, uh, but you cannot dance right now. You can't even really walk or talk, but certainly even if you could, um, you'll go out there and fall and, and this is not happening. And in fact, I once had to sit out a season with my sore shoulder. And, 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 and so you should just do what I do for the team, sit out and wait till you're better. And then you'll be back. And um, she, uh, she said, well, there's a big difference between you and me. And in so many words, she said, you knew you'd be alive next season. And, um, and, and don't, don't, don't tell me what, what's enough for me and what I should do. Um, I still refuse to attend, but she did go. And that's what the book's about, um, you know, and, uh, and, and uh, that's how we got there. And then she had her surgery and it was a craniotomy and they, they took out a cork sized part of her brain and she has not had a seizure in three years. So it was a success, you know, and amazing. Um, that, I mean, that, the brain is just amazing. We don't know still you know, a fraction of what we need to know about how it functions. No. And of course, audience, we know that not everybody's story turns out this way, but lucky for us, lucky for Mark and Anna, her story did turn out in such a positive way at the end. For now, and we all know epilepsy is one of those things. And the neurologist will tell, they tell us this from day one. We can never say that her epilepsy is, 
you know, that we'll never, we'll, we've seen the end. We, we can't right. possibly know that, you know, um, they've seen everything. They've seen everything happen. They've seen a long abeyance and then a return. You know, she does still take medicine medication and, and I still react to every bump in the night and, and, you know, the precautions are all still there. Um, but, but for now, for, you know, each day that, that expires and without, without a seizure, it's, it's, it's amazing. And um, I, I really can't say that I will like believe there'll, there's no, there's, that it's over. I, I don't, I don't, I just, I, um, but that doesn't matter what I believe, you know, it's just that it, it, what matters is what, you know, what her life is. And, right. um, and that's really what I've committed myself in terms of uh, awareness now, you know, uh, uh, um, and it's been so fascinating working with these groups um, around the occasion of this book about that the focus is brought to not, not just ra- the, the essential work of raising money towards cures and treatments and, and all of that, but raising awareness and money and of accessibility to making lives better now for, for right. children, you know, that have epilepsy in this case, um, because they want and insist on living um, now and not, not, not only not just dreaming of a time where there'll be no seizures in order to live, but to live right. now, you know, so critical. It, yeah. it it's really um, just so interesting that you, you stepped away and you wouldn't go to the show. Uh, I read in your essay that your wife actually, she vetoed you, right? She, she yes. decided that Anna was going to go and she went to the show with Anna. So you learned a lesson from how brave and hopeful Anna was and that, you know, we can't live sick. We have to live our lives as anybody would with, you know, chasing our dreams. And that's what this you know, dancing with lightning is all about. And, um, but you don't come to that in a moment, right? It's over, it's a process. It's over a period of time. It's not like, oh yeah, that's right. You know, I, I get it now. Of course. <laughs> of course. I mean, that's what parents, and, 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 and of course, whether it's epilepsy, whether you're, you know, every parent confronts this dilemma at, to some degree, Right. Um, of course, we, we want our children to live easy lives. We, we don't want them to have dangerous lives. You know, we, 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 we know more than them in terms of what's out there and what can threaten yeah. them. And, and, and so letting them go and, and letting them do what, something where they don't see the perils or the, the, the potentials of what can go wrong is always a dilemma for any parent. But of course, it's just magnified with when a child has a, a disability you know, and in this case, this particular kind um, has its own sort of dramatic qualities to it, you know, mm-hmm. um, where you, yeah, you can, you can dance for five minutes and be fine. And then, and then that lightning will strike and, and this is what can happen. It just so happened, you know, she, she went out there and did the dances and didn't have a seizure. It was the one day in the 60 some odd days uh, between that first seizure in April of daytime and her surgery that she didn't have any. And, and uh, that's when I said to myself, what do you know? What do you, what do you know? And, 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 and you who have just, you wanted to play baseball, you wanted to be a playwright, you wanted to be an academic, you, what's the next thing you want? Well, choose it because you have this, 
you have the luck of just being able to just take on the next thing. And then here's this person, this, this disabled person at this point, highly disabled, who wanted one thing. And I almost stood in the way. And uh, who's to say that, you know, I did the audiobook reading and the engineer, engineer who, was, who was outside the studio, you know, came out and there's a, toward, toward the climax of the book, of course, it's, it's, it's tough for me to, and you're performing it. And so, of course, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm needing a little break just to, to collect myself. And, and, yes. you know, and, and the engineer says, you know, that gosh, it's, it's um, a great way to think about how, how, you know, how, how we, we can, we can never assume we, we understand what's best for other people. But man, you know, it, it, it should. It, it does make sense, like what you were worried about, you know. Yes. Uh, and that's the dilemma, you know. Of course, it makes sense, you know. And of course, of, of course, that's our job, right? Um, but but it, it's more complicated than that, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's what I. That's 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 what I learned, uh, you know. Um, the, the a diagnosis of epilepsy, a diagnosis of of, of name it, you know, um, is is not is not to find. Um, anyone's limits, you know, uh, or, or what they should feel they deserve from life. Yeah. And you decided that you needed to write this book because you needed to share those things that you learned to maybe make this journey a little bit easier, you know, a little bit more, um, a little bit less lonely for other people who are walking through this as well. I hope so. It did for, you know, it, it, it did for me, even though I felt like I was the one that needed the lesson I needed. I was the one that didn't, didn't see things the way I, I, I now see them, you know, and, and how much, how much more interested I am in seeing progress where, um, for, for the lives of children with epilepsy, um, where they might not have had sleepover camp where they do now for epilepsy patients, you know, these wonderful organizations arrange these experiences for, um, for children where my first instant, one of the first things I said, well, there's no sleepovers, you know, she's never going somewhere else. She's in, you know, but little things that they, to me, they're little things, but to, to my, my growing child, these are enormous things. Right. Um, and so I've taken, you know, a new interest in, in, in those, that, that, that network of, of good that's out there. That's, thinking about these very situations aside from our nightmarish fears what are the what are day to day though there's still a developing person that needs experiences that needs to believe mm -hmm. that you know life is a gift and and that they are that they have talents that they must use and they want to use and we must find a way to to instill them with the courage or or or, or encourage the inborn courage that they have to use them and um i learned that i almost interrupted that and that was a great lesson and uh, when there's a great lesson there's a great play i always say and you know this, this <laughs> case it's a book i hope <laughs> it's a book and and it really is it's quite a book and so um in closing because of course we're running out of time i'm so fascinated with this conversation it's just going on you know, you learned uh, quite a valuable lesson through that experience that you had. What lesson have you learned from the actual writing of the book? I know when I wrote our, my memoir, I learned so much about the, the natural evolution of grief 
and you know what that looks like as it changes your life and so you know as i was writing this book and basically giving birth to it it was um so quite a cathartic experience actually for me and i so hope that it's helping people and i i think it is because i get great messages but what is that for you how how is this process you know taught you something in the actual writing of the book um great another great great question and you know and 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 my sister who just lost you know so someone dear, dear so dear to her is is writing and, and saying the same thing you know um and um this is an ongoing challenge for me because what I what I cannot deny that I learned was just how um, difficult it was uh, on the marriage, uh, on our other daughter, um, and I have to say on me, you know. Um, and and uh, I I don't I th I think that the the necessity to um, to not make it about me or uh, at least avoid. Uh, uh, co collapsing in in the terror that this was you know yes. um yeah. set a lot of things aside and uh, like that engineer kind of said in the in the studio you know he's looking at me and and um you know it, it was sort of a gesture of you know you've been through a lot man you know like it, it was that, that was a lot and um I, uh, because I wasn't the one with the epilepsy because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the one, I'm fine, you know, um, if health wise, uh, it, it's, it's, it's been the, the writing of the book made me look really closely at just how, um, absurd, you know, if it, some, some of living with that was, you know, uh, if, 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 if one didn't, know that that kind of lifestyle was possible um what we were doing on a daily basis was so hard uh and and so i you know i hesitate to use the word damaging because there were other kinds of bonds formed that were were precious you know in this suffering and in this mm -hmm. fear but but yeah it was it was it was hard to have a, a relationship that that was anything but triage based you know that was 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 always on edge and on alert you know like we were partners in a in a fire truck rather than a, a man and wife you know um so i think i think it helped me um in a a, a therapeutic process of, of 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 understanding that that there was damage in in into the nervous system that that i that i need to understand what you know was 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 reasonable but is i need to i need to spotlight what that damage is and and try to let it heal um and yes. and have, have some faith that uh you know that there's there's more out there that i'm i'm mm -hmm. you know, i'm i i i can risk enjoying it yeah. um you know uh so if that i hope that makes sense but it yeah it, it, you'll it you'll have so many people who will reach out to you with their stories and that you'll be able to connect with and it'll be so meaningful um your your introspection is brilliant and just um i know it's going to help so many people it really is um thank you that's very kind i i will say newsday had me do an op-ed uh, uh, you you mentioned that you had read it when a boy um with epilepsy died on a little league mm -hmm. field in the middle of a and the, the greatest 
and most humbling thing, you know, after it was published, I heard from the family, you know, and oh. they thanked me for that. And I, you know, uh, I, I, I just, I just said, I, I, I would say I can't imagine, but I spent a decade imagining it. And I, yeah, because you do, you do. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, like, well, this is the worst thing that could ever happen to me, but you know what, living with that fear is really the worst thing that can ever happen to you. It's, it's so devastating to live in fear and crisis and conflict every day. It wreaks havoc with your physical body, with your mind, your well-being, everything. And learning to live, not live with it, but to live is the gift that you're giving all of us. And it's so important, you know, it's just so important. Right. So I want to be the first to thank you for writing this book and sharing your story with us. Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, I deeply appreciate that. And, and, um, and uh, congratulations on your beautiful show and, and, you know, of course, your work. And thanks for what you do. Thank you. And if you ever want to write a screenplay about our family story, I would welcome that. Okay. Just call Thank me. You. Well, all right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, Thank and you. I'd love to star in it too. No. Um, Hollywood's have, fun you know, business, let me tell you. You know, Hollywood like I'm thinking fun. Sandra Bullock would be great uh -huh. to play me, you know. Yes, totally. The natural uh, likeness and whatnot. Yes. So yes. we've all gone through our casting here as well. Yeah. Well, listen, Mark, this was so wonderful of you to come on the show. It's so nice to meet you. Thank you so much for sharing your family and your daughter with us. We really appreciate it. And I will have all of Mark's contact information in the show notes so that you can reach out to him and tell him yourself how brilliant his book is. Uh, tell me anything. <laughs> I, I, I love hearing from people. And um, uh, even if you haven't read it, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm easy to find and um, I always respond. Thank you. Well, congratulations and thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I just wanted to take a second to say how much I appreciate you taking the time to listen to these podcasts. I'm having a blast doing them, and I hope that you're finding the content to be what you were really hoping. If you are, please take a second to leave a rating and a review. It's so helpful in getting this content out to people who really need to hear it. Thank you so much.